Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, Bulls Nation. Hooray! <laughs> I thought you were saying hooray, and I was like, no, no, oh, no. not. <laughs> not hooray. And welcome in to CHGO Bulls Post Game, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download Yay. their app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Peck, Bulls underscore Peck on Twitter. My guys, Big Dave, Bow, mm-hmm. BWL Sports, Bow. and Mark K, hanging out with us for post game. Follow him on Twitter at MK Hoops. What's up, Mark? Yeah. What? Just a silent shake of the Where's head. The, I'm waiting for the rational thoughts <laughs> and the kind of things. You can't be out here crazy too, Mark. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. Okay. This has just been a season of missed opportunities, Sucks. which we're going to get into. We're going to dive into more. But uh, yeah, I'm just disappointed, it I guess. Sucks. Yeah. Our producer and our pal Joey with us per usual. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Spathis. We got our guy Simon hanging out with us again tonight. Shout Amen. out to him. Find us um, keepers. Find us keepers shy. Check him out. Bulls fall to the New York Knickerbockers 128-120 in overtime. Mm-hmm. I am sick of losing in overtime. <laughs> I would like this to be the end of the Bulls losing in overtime. Would be fun. I would also like this to be the last time that the dead last place in three-point percentage New York Knicks hit 18 fucking threes against us. There you go. <laughs> we got to watch out for Mike's as well, but you see how ready I was for that? That's because I've been hanging with him for this long. I'm ready for all that, baby. It's all good. Sorry, Dave. I didn't I've never seen that. Trust me, you didn't hit me. <laughs> you were good to go. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm it so... And it was in another game where DeMar DeRozan drops 30 and the Bulls uh, take the L. What is, that makes them 2-8. Two, two and eight, and eight yeah. in such games. Makes them 2-8 and eight when, when he does that. It was Honestly, it was interesting because the Bulls, it was going how I was expecting it outside of the three-pointers, I'm saying. Right. Because I was telling you the whole time, like, they were playing out of their minds, the Knicks were. You know, just out of their minds. And at the half, it's a nine-point game. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. I kept telling you, I was like, just get it to five in the third, and in the fourth quarter, you do what you do. They got it to four in the third. You get to the fourth quarter, you do what you do. And and they did what they did. They got it to a point where they can close this out, you know, get that victory. DeMar did what he was supposed to do. I thought everybody honestly did what they were supposed to do, honestly. Um, but balls just didn't f- uh, bounce their way. Brunson was awesome. You got to give it to him, man. Brunson was awesome. Got to give it to that three-point shooting. It was awesome as well. 
Um, but yeah, man, they had they had a shot to win that game, Mark. Uh, just just didn't do it, man. Yeah, no, they just didn't execute in the in the in the clutch situation. And I mean that the, the, ultimately this is what this season's coming down to, right? So they're they're three and eleven now in clutch situations. They were three and ten before this game. Um I don't want to pin it down to one singular thing because the way they've lost in these clutch moments is almost different each time around. Like if you think about this game versus how they lost to the Hawks the other night, how they lost to the Magic on that that uh that that final jumper there. Like you, you can point to all of these games and and they're basically finding new and creative ways to lose in the clutch every single time. So it's not a singular issue in that sense, but ultimately the result is this team just isn't executing when it matters. And that's that's the reason why we are where we are right now, 11 and 16. And earlier in the week, I spoke about, you know, this was a this week coming up represented a really good opportunity for this Bulls team. They, you know, they, they had one, two in a row. They beat the Mavs. They had a chance to play against the depleted Atlanta Hawks, had a two-game stand against the Knicks. Had they won won that game against the Hawks, had they won this game tonight, they would have been 13 and 14 right now. Looking at this next game uh, against the Knicks as an opportunity to get back to, to 500, essentially. But they haven't. They're 3-11 and 11 in clutch situations. I'm not even asking this team to be good in the clutch. Can you just be freaking average? Can you we, can you be 7-7 seven and seven in the clutch in those situations, in those games? And if you are right now, your record would be 15-12. and 12. That would be good for fifth in the Eastern Conference. So I'm not asking for anything amazing. I'm literally just calling for average play in these clutch situations. And if you were, you would be a, a winning basketball team. But as I said, three and 11, it's really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. The record indicates that like for sure, like three and 11 is, is very, very bad. And I mean, and again, another night where an opposing team who doesn't do one thing good, does it incredibly well against the Chicago Bulls. I mean, the three point shooting was just uncanny uh, for the Knicks, man. 18 of 34, 50, Three percent. They're shooting thirty-one point nine on the season. That's insane. Dead last in they, the NBA. They I talk, saw somebody in the comments say it's not a coincidence that you know teams that maybe aren't great three-point shooting teams shoot well against the Bulls. Maybe there is some sliver of truth to that. If you're talking about the Bulls being a bad team with closeouts and rotations, yeah. They're also there is luck. Like yeah. they have stats to track that. Seriously, contested threes, et cetera, et cetera. Did you not see the Grimes one hit the front end of the rim and then fall in? <laughs> Come on, dog. I mean, what the like, hell, seriously. man? Seriously. What the hell? Yeah, they, they, they just called some luck. Barrett, who was terrible from the three-point line, was just draining his threes also as well. Um, even though he got those six fouls, Barrett still, you know, had 22 and six. Uh, he was four of seven from the three-point line. I said, I think um, Adam Amin said in his last, I can't remember how the game, but he was like five of 22 from the three-point line before right. entering this game. Yeah. And, yeah, he, he has not been having a good season, but he came in here to play the Bulls, and he was definitely on point. Yeah, he's shooting 28% from the three-point line. That's what R.J. Barrett is shooting, 28%. Came in here four of seven, man. So, yeah, it might not be a coincidence, but, yeah, that's for me, that's definitely some luck involved because that's, that's crazy to me. We, we got Bulls fans yeah. calling for a Westbrook trade in the comments, guys. I don't know if I can do this tonight. I really don't. <laughs> I'm at a loss. <laughs> there it is. I didn't like that one on you anyway, so good job. That one's too small. Yeah, it was too small. You need to go. But, yeah, man, like, it was just a combination of, of those things. And, and like I said, like, it went how I thought it was going to go, and Marquet hit it on the head. Like, when it goes like that and it gets to that fourth quarter, it's about the execution. 
That's what it's about. Who's going to out? Who's going to execute better to get this victory? I thought both coaches were doing the right things. Like I'm, you saw me yelling like Billy, put this person. Oh, thank you very much, mm-hmm. Billy. It's time for him to come in. Thank you very much. Like everything was executing and moving at the right pace. Uh, Tibbs out here yelling, you're saying on the court, doing what he's supposed to do as well. So yeah, everybody was doing what they are supposed to do, but the Knicks had the luck and the Knicks uh, had Brunson. And that's the bottom line of it to me, Marque. Yeah, and look, I was actually happy with the Knicks were playing their offense, the way they were structuring their offense. They kept going to that two-man game. They kept going to that ISO Julius Randle sort of possession. So like from a defensive standpoint, if you want to call the the Knicks offense that in, in that sense, like that were helping contribute to the way the Bulls were playing on defense. And I felt really confident from that point of view. But yeah, it's probably, it's probably more so the offensive end for me. Like, and look, that's been the story of the season, really. Like this, this team just can't get it together offensively. In the clutch there, we're running possessions where you've got Vooch in the post against, Nicole, uh, against Mitchell Robinson. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like you're down three, less than two minutes, less than two minutes to play. Vooch in the post more generally is not efficient offense. Like post play more generally is not efficient offense, but against a good big defensive player like Mitchell Robinson, like that's not an efficient look. Like why are we doing that? Then I guess, I mean, maybe we're doing that because what's the other alternative here? Just throwing the ball to DeMar, De- DeMar DeRozan and hoping he isos his way to, you know, some buckets here. And maybe that is the Bulls' best source of, of offensive play. But yeah, it's, it's my frustration is on the offensive end, to be honest with you. And I think that's, that's where it should be. They're, they're, they're bottom 10 in offensive rating. So that, that's the problem. Not, I mean, I don't, I don't want you to, you know, jump on me here, Mark. I'm not trying to, you know, get your go or, you know, channel our guy Stacey King uh, just to make you mad. But Vooch was 8 of 11 inside the three-point line tonight. He had his, uh, you know, his interior moves working. And he had his footwork. He was getting good, easy looks at the rim. That one possession you're alluding to, I – agree that it wasn't great and you know Joey and I were both kind of perplexed because it looked like he actually beat uh Robinson to the inside and had a layup going inside and then he unnecessarily 180 again around to the outside you know right shoulder and then had a more difficult seemingly layup attempt that got uh you know that got nowhere close that was frustrating but in the grand scheme tonight like we also saw Vooch take a corner three that came nowhere close yeah, to hitting shot. tonight. He was yeah. one of five from downtown. That that I got more of an issue with that because I don't have issue with Vooch taking threes. Corner threes? Not so much. Mm. Vooch is a guy who hits trailing threes from the top of the key or from like right at the break. Corner threes aren't really Vooch's thing. Mm. So I, I had some issues with the Bulls' offensive execution down the stretch tonight too, but I have no problem with the Bulls putting the ball in Vooch's hand inside because that was working for him tonight. Yeah, I, I guess I'd have to go back and look at it, but from memory and from feel, a lot of those baskets were it felt like were coming more so on Hartenstein than than Robinson. So he was like that move that he had against Robinson at the end that I'm referencing there. He had that exact move against Hartenstein earlier in the game. It may have been in the second quarter, and it, and he cooked him on that position. That that was a nice sweet post play, but at the same time, like you got to know who you're playing against. So in this instance, I have. You know, less faith about against Vooch sort of making that possession or finishing that possession against Robinson than I do it against Hartenstein in, in, in the second quarter, for example. Yeah, he, he, Vooch against, you know, from a three-point perspective tonight wasn't good from the three-point line. I'm not suggesting that instead of taking that post-up shot, he needed to take a three or something. I'm, I'm suggesting maybe don't even go to Vooch in that situation, particularly when you're down three with one and a half minutes to go. Like, you got to be a little bit more creative than what they did in that instance. So it's less about 
going to Vooch in that instance, or, or just it's more about not just not going to Vooch at all in that instance, because you know why are we why are we playing for two in this in, in in that particular situation. But again, that comes back to the general theme of this team. <laughs> you can't really create threes because you don't have a lot of three point shooters. So maybe that's why they did hit the post because it's not like they're generating good looking um you know shots from the deep like like the Knicks were tonight. So it's. It's not one thing, I guess, is the point. Maybe I'm wrong to to focus on that one specific play. Maybe that's just one that sticks out of me because you know it's a bug that I have. But uh, yeah, it's not a singular thing on offense. Yeah, Mark, I, I like that point you just made right there uh, about the way the shots look, like the good looking shots, like getting them within rhythm. And the Knicks' uh, three point shots definitely were in rhythm. Like they they don't hit them usually, but they were definitely in rhythm. And the three point from the baseline, I honestly. Have seen I've seen him hit several of those uh, three-point shots this season from the baseline in the fourth, but I didn't like the shot because it wasn't in rhythm, and when, when because the pat well one of them was the pass wasn't a great pass you know from Demar Derozan it wasn't like right on target, but at the same time Mitchell Robinson was right there as well. Now I I like that shot from Vooch when it's not nobody around you know what I'm saying and, and he's got a good look at this basket, but having Robinson right there. That's a shot that a shooter takes. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a shot that, okay, a real for real three-point threat dude, that's the one you take right there. Now, for him, I didn't want him to take because you're shooting over Robinson. I didn't need him taking that one right there. Um, but, yeah, and, and you were right how you mentioned him in the post and, you know, unnecessarily making the move back. Again, I felt even that possession was out of rhythm. It felt like they were having to go to that because they just were fit. Like Marquez said, they didn't have anything else to run. They were like, we got to do something right here. And he was just like, well, all right, here I go. You know, we're going in the post. Let's do something. Because they were off to a slow start. I believe the Knicks had scored the first five. And they had to do something and figure something out. Um, but, yeah, they were forcing those things, man. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of that. It was just a lot of those execution. Because I thought they did a lot of things right. But you have to execute down the stretch to, if you want to be a winning team. That's the difference between this year and last year is they were executing down the stretch. Yeah, and maybe a little bit of luck with their execution and maybe call it luck, call it DeMar DeRozan going to some, you know, inhuman level of correct, awesomeness. Correct, correct. Um, Jay Random, 2013, in Jay the comments, Rand. saying the biggest offensive issue is the fact that we don't get to the free throw line or finish well in the paint. Uh, yeah, the, like what, the, the Bulls were outscored at the free throw line by the Knicks by one point tonight. Yeah. 19 for the Bulls, 20 for the Knicks. Uh, the Bulls outscored the Knicks in the paint tonight, 58-42. to 42. Mm. Uh, Thank you for playing. Please try again. No. <laughs> this team's biggest offensive problem is something that we have known since the offseason when it was a problem last season and they did nothing about it. They can't shoot threes. Yes. I saw somebody else in the comments mention, I guess on the ESPN broadcast, we were watching the local broadcast, uh, Doris Burke was on. And she was commenting about how Patrick Williams is this team's best three-point shooter in reference to his percentage, which is factually accurate. And oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Pat was two of three tonight. What's this team's biggest offensive problem? The Bulls hit nine threes tonight, and the Knicks somehow, despite being the worst percentage three-point shooting team in the NBA, hit 18. 18, though. That's crazy. That's 27 more points behind the three-point line than the Bulls scored. Mm. That's, I'm that, no yeah. mathematician. There it is. I felt that one coming that time. I felt that in the soul. That was on the way. Joey, I'm mad. He's upset. He's mad. He's mad, baby. Um, but, yeah, man, like, and, and it took away from a lot of the good things that I thought that they did tonight that I was excited to come on here and talk about. 
let's discuss the good things they did because I thought they were going to get this victory. But we'll, I'll get into that in the, in the next segment. But um, I want to I want to ask Marque. I want to ask you about the last play in regulation. Uh, how did you feel about uh, that play call, the the lob to Patrick Williams, and do you feel like he he did get uh, fouled on that possession? I love the play call. I love the play call. I, I don't think it's a foul personally, um, at least from where I sit. Like I would have liked it to be in a foul, obviously for selfish reasons, but I think just more generally if I'm being objective ob- objective about it, I, I don't want that to be a, a foul call. Um, but I love the play call. Like here's Billy putting in Pat to close the game, running a set for Pat for, for effectively to win the uh, to win the game. So for all those people that suggest that Billy hates <laughs> hates Pat or doesn't want to close with Pat or do all these sorts of things, well, here's a, here's a scenario where not only is he closing with Pat because Pat earned that 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 game tonight, he deserved to be out there in those in those closing moments. He's he's running the freaking play for him. So from that point of view, I liked it a lot. Like it was just um it was very similar to the Hawks game in the sense that ex uh, the process perfect execution just not you know fine. You're not always going to make those shots. It's a really difficult shot for Pat. I'm not going to crush Pat from not making that shot. But in terms of the play design, in terms of having Pat out there, perfect. I loved it. The process was great. Just the result didn't go down. Yeah, Execution. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, execution. They didn't get it right. But I agree with you. Go ahead, finish. No, look, I was just going to say, and people probably don't want to hear this right now, which I understand. And And I mentioned this the other day as well. But like sometimes you do have to tip your hat to the opponent as well. I know this is the Knicks and people like to think of the Knicks as this bad, you know, below average type team. But over the last couple of weeks, the Knicks have actually been playing some really damn good basketball. They're, they're second, no, they're first in defensive rating over the last two weeks. They're second in net rating over the last two weeks. They're, they're, they've won five in a row now after tonight. This is not a bad Knicks team. Now, again, the Bulls should have probably won this game or had an opportunity to win this game. They didn't. They got out executed in that sense. They let too many things slide in the first half as they as as we sort of spoke about against that Hawks game the other night. Um, so they didn't necessarily ca- take care of, of all their own business. But at the same time, uh, we have to recognize that the Knicks are a decent ball club as well. So that needs to be said. I, I know, again, people probably don't want to hear that. And no. we uh, I know people in the comments just want to be trashing the Bulls team uh, more generally, which I guess is fine. But... Um, you know, shout out to the Knicks as well. Tibbs has got this team playing well at the moment. The way he's mixed up his rotation, um, you know, they're, they're playing really good basketball. So uh, I, I wanted to make that note, even though probably no one's here. Yeah, no, no one's here. I was with you all the way up until shout out to the Knicks. Uh, and then, yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not going that far. But shout, I will say shout out to uh, Big Task, uh, resident uh, Nick fan, who's up in here uh, having a good time, talking crazy, man. Shout out to Big Task. Coming on back, having a good time, talking crazy, baby. Congratulations on getting a uh, Knicks victory, man. I hope it leads to uh, you guys, what, doing, going out in the first round? In seven games. I hope it goes out in seven games. Man, dude, they, still, they still got plenty of time to plummet to <laughs> where the Bulls are now. It's but yeah, the Knicks. But, but we are in December. It's true. It's give early. It time. But Marquette is correct. Like, And even with R.J. Barrett struggling, you know what I'm saying, and not having his full game there, uh, they're still doing a solid job, you know what I'm saying, uh, of playing bad because Tibbs is a damn good coach. You saw, we talked about it in the pregame, how they shortened the rotations. You know what I'm saying? They, they started benching people. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not playing, you're not playing, you're not playing. It's because the playoffs are every game <laughs> to Tom Thibodeau. Marque, I don't know if you saw this, but we were watching when the game was going on and the Bulls challenged that foul and it was deemed successful. The referee, you know how they have a ref camera, you know, and they're talking and the ref is talking. And you see Julius Randle coming to the camera, 
waiting for the ref to talk. And then out of the left side, you just see Tibbs' face come right into the camera yelling and snapping and go. And the ref says, hey, man, <laughs> you know, like, relax, chill, like, wait. What are you doing? And I'm like, that is the Thibs I know. You know what I'm saying? That is the Thibs I understand and that I know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I did catch that. And it was funny seeing (laughs) seeing the the ref telling Tibbs basically to go and get stuff, which is, uh, I did appreciate that. But look, that's classic Tibbs. And in a lot of ways, the the way the uh, this Knicks team play now is is reminiscent of things that we've enjoyed in the past. So I've got a, I've got a few people here in the comments telling me I'm a I'm a sleeper Knicks fan, but um, that's certainly not the case. But at the same time, you have to you have to tip your hat when you, when um, when you see good things from the opposition. I know that's a, a rare thing to do for an emotive fan base, but um, it is what it is. Nonetheless, let's stop talking about the Knicks. If we want to whine about the Bulls, we can continue uh, continue doing so. Big Taz got that. Hey, Mark. Bing bong. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, we got to take our first break here. While we're sharing words from our friends and sponsors with you guys, do us a favor and hit that thumbs up button if you're watching live along on YouTube. helps us out a lot. We got some super chats. We will get back to those and more thoughts from tonight's Lost the Knicks on the other side of the break. Mm. It's DraftKings king of the game time. Would have loved it to be in a winning effort. Yeah. But it's DeMar DeRozan, 32 on 8 of 18 from the floor, 16 of 17 at the free throw line. Crazy. Bulls don't get to the free throw line enough, Dave. (laughs) 16 of – I will say – he was the only one getting there. I think they finished, what, 22 free throws? They finished throws? with 22. So DeMar yeah. had 17 of them. That's crazy. And Zach had one. One. So, yeah, Zach's... Zach cannot buy a vowel. Some people can't afford to buy a vowel. Right. Zach cannot buy a vowel. I don't. I just don't get it. Against I really the don't. rules. I don't get it, man. And Zach's going to have to sit down with some officials and have yeah. a conversation. Like, what the hell? Like, do I need to bleed? Like, what, what's going on, dog? No. Like, I don't, I don't get it. No, every time Zach drives, he just hit, he lands on the uh, lose your turn, you know, like part <laughs> of the wheel of fortune wheel, <laughs> or the bankruptcy one. Uh, but shout out to Demar Derozan, our DraftKings King of the Game. Just another reminder that you should be having all your fun mm. betting on NBA games at DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, official betting partner of the NBA, our official betting partner at CHGO. They've got that amazing deal that you can put a $5 money line bet on any NBA game, mm-hmm. even a team that's favored in du- in the double digits. Just put $5 on the money line and then win that game. And if they do, you're getting $150 back in free bets. Plus, of course, there are those DraftKings stepped up same game parlays, boosted odds when you combine your bets. I was uh, I came up just a little short on mine tonight. Vooch only grabbed seven rebounds. Mm. That darn rascal. Uh, but my parts of my parlay that were about Julius Randle having a monster game were correct, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. Damn me for paying attention to his recent strong stretch of games. But one more time, that's promo code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. This holiday season, give yourself the gift of making money betting on hoops. Mm-hmm. Give yourself that gift. Marquette, what time is it? Game time. Ooh, he was ready. Yeah, I he love was it. ready. I like it. Game time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in that seat you thought you never could? The 50-yard line, courtside, behind home, play, floor seats at a concert? It's all possible with the Game Time app. 
The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought that you could never, ever buy because you won't find better deals this season to go see the beloved Chicago Bulls unless you're coming to the CHGO Takeover. We'll talk about that in a minute. Hey. Oh, created by the fans, for the fans, just like here at CHGO, and it guarantees you the lowest price possible. So if you love CHGO, and we know that you do. Joey still ain't ready. <laughs> and we know then that you do. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo this man. Then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. That is right before you hit that thumbs up button and show that love right there. I'm looking at you, Big Task. Hit that thumbs up, Big Task. You're here talking crazy for them Knicks fans. Got to give us a thumbs up, man. Join the 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Because, Joseph, what time is it? Game time. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, goodness gracious. <sighs> breathe, Matt. Breathe. I'm, I'm depressed right now, guys. It's a sad overtime. Is that, I believe the Bulls are 0-3 this season in overtime. Yeah, o- OKC. Mm-hmm. They lost that one on the on the West Coast road trip in overtime. Right, Atlanta, Atlanta, and now tonight, and now tonight. Okay, let's right. not go to overtime ever again. Yeah, how about that? It's nothing fun. Pat converts the lob tonight. No overtime. Bulls win. Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. makes two free throws instead of one. No overtime. Bulls win. Yes, so much simpler. So much simpler. Get it done in regular. Oh, my goodness. It's better. We would have been home and you would have been happier. Uh, yeah. This is true. Damn right. <laughs> um, Matthew Ray with a super chat. Shout out to Matthew <laughs> who said 11 and 16 and the owners of the 11th seed. But you know what? I'm not effing leaving. Has this franchise <laughs> hurt me over and over again? Yeah. But I've been here for 16 of my 22 years and I'm not leaving now. Mm. The show goes on. <laughs> Hashtag in acne I trust. Well done, Matthew Ray. I'm <laughs> well not done, sir. I'm that not was very well done. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the show goes on. The show goes on. They're going to have to bring a racket ball <laughs> in here to get me out. Look, Matthew, I appreciate you are clearly a diehard Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are only 22, just, just wait. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Matthew. I'm there with you. You there with us? Yep. I mean. Because Joey's in his 20s. Yes. He's I, I guess at least they didn't get used to multiple championships before just being a fan of a team that lets you down. This is screw. It's not great. I grew up on championships. He did. He did. Then I got used to them and started expecting them. The last one happened how many years ago now? 24 years ago now? About that. Yep. 24 years ago. That is more than double amount of time as how old I was when they won the last championship. It was. I was 11 when they won the last right chip, and it's been 24 years since then. Mm. F that. It's a whole child. But bless your persistence, Matthew. That's a whole Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They won it one year before I, mean, I was born. One year before that, you That's a born, whole baby. contestant on MILF Manor. <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> y'all they actually made oh milf my island but just changed the name to milf matter oh my god jack donaghy is spinning in his grave right now <laughs> all right let me i did say i wanted to talk about something positive. we got one one more from ak you oh, want to read you want to read it real quick yeah go for it 
Bulls started sluggish, and then the Knicks caught fire. Bulls allowed 64 points in the half. After that scene, we were playing catch-up. Kobe was great in the loss. Next up, Knicks. Next yep, up, that Knicks. Is true. Next up, Knicks, man. On Friday. On Friday. We got another Knicks game. So, you got time to, re- you know, redeem yourself. And I thought, we, didn't we say this was going to be one and one? No. Who the, I, was I talking to when I had this conversation? I felt like it was going to be one and one. It's I wanted hard to, to beat a team course, twice in a row. It's it very is. hard. But very difficult. not going to lie, I was – I was hoping for two W's over the Knicks, especially after we lost that game to Atlanta. Yeah, of course. I'm just trying to climb back to 500. Yeah. And we are failing at that. Yeah. So, no, I would not have been happy with one and one. No, so not, even I if we went happy. on Friday, yeah. I'm still going to be pissed. No, I didn't say happy. I, said, I just thought it would be one and one because, you know, Knicks are good. So Or they're solid, I should say. I shouldn't even say they're good. They're solid. They're a very <laughs> solid team right now. But, yeah, we'll see how they, how they perform. But um, one of the guys I wanted to talk about and get into was Patrick Williams. Because um, I thought this was one of his best games, honestly. I thought he was very solid, especially defensively, uh, against Julius Randle. I thought it was pretty evident uh, how important he was to Julius Randle and what he was doing. Because even when they were, you know, they started switching a lot of the actions uh, in that fourth quarter. You know, they would switch with Caruso, you know, have Caruso on him like that. And I hated it only because, not because of Caruso's uh, defense against uh, Randle, but more so because I didn't like Patrick on Brunson because Brunson just super crafty and super quick, you know what I mean, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, but I still thought Pat was doing the best he possibly could on Brunson. But, man, when he came in there and he got on uh, Randall, I mean, he was frustrating, that young man. He really did. In that fourth quarter, when you saw Randall going to the paint more and more and more when Patrick was out the game and you saw me screaming, put Patrick Williams back in the game, when Patrick Williams came back in the game, the next three possessions, he did not – Julius Randle did not see the paint. He didn't even see it. He tried, but he was like, oh, shit, there's a huge brick wall preventing me from going into the paint. I, I, this is a problem for me. The final shot, that was – he made that a difficult shot for Julius Randle. He caused it to be an air ball, mm-hmm. gave, him, gave them a chance to win it in regulation. So I thought he really did, Marquet, like have a really excellent game defensively, man. I just wanted to give him his love for that. <clears throat> Yeah, definitely. No, he played he played really well on defense tonight. Um and that's why he played 40 minutes tonight. I mean, Billy's a pretty simple coach. If if you if you play, if you if you give him a reason to to trust you, he will play you. Like we saw that last game with Derek Jones Jr. like he was the one at power forward who was bringing it. That's why he closed that game. Tonight it was Patrick Williams who defensively was really good. He had five assists tonight, two of three from the three-point line. I would like that three attempts to be six attempts or something like that. Particularly if you're going to play 40 minutes, you need to be shooting six or seven threes. That shouldn't be, shouldn't be three. There was a, there was a number of uh, threes tonight that Pat turned down, which is we can talk a little bit more about that later on, which kind of irritated me. But nonetheless, like this was a good Patrick Williams game. We got Drew in the comments here saying that Billy doesn't run any plays or sets for him. Well, that's false. We we, we talked about the uh, the uh, the game. Um, well, hopefully the game winner at the end of, of regulation there. But there were there were a number of sets during the game where Pat got on ball and did some stuff. Um, yeah, look, I I want I don't want to you know belabor the point or, or harp on too much about Patrick not shooting, but like this is just the the, the the main takeaway from like I just want more I guess because like tonight like I really love what he did on defense and that's why he deserves to stay on the court but I, I just want more from Pat and I think I think he can do more and and, and so whilst I I, I want to give him credit for this for his performance tonight because he was really good and, and like I said he deserved to be playing the amount of minutes he did I still felt like he sort of left some left some stuff on offense on the table a little bit which is 
which is it's, it's frustrating in, in, in a good sense because it's not frustrating because you, you don't think this guy is good or you don't think it's not like you, you were watching Denzel Valentine out there where it's like, why is this guy on the court? It's it's complete opposite from that where it's like, I want this guy on the court, but do more, please. So I don't, I, I don't know how to feel about this game, to be honest with you, Dave, and, and that. Like, there was a lot of good, and, and we should credit for the, the good stuff that Pat did, but I kind of I can't, was kind of left wanting more at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, and Matt felt the same way about, you know, his shooting of the three-point shots, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Uh, for the most part, I agree. Like, I, I liked what I saw from Pat tonight. Uh, would have been awesome if he gave us a game-winning lob dunk from a sideline out-of-bounds play. Yeah. Been no, cherry true. on top. Um, I agree that he played defense uh, very impressively, especially on Randall. Um, Ostis in the comments, I think, was the one who mentioned that, they, you know, the Bulls were switching a lot tonight and that we didn't love that. Because, um, you know, when uh, Randall had someone other than Pat on him, he was – cooking and getting to work the other thing that i liked about pat's offensive game tonight is that we saw facilitator pat a little bit we saw him getting into some two-man game stuff with vooch a couple different possessions pat had a season high five assists tonight not like we're never expecting pat to be a regular you know creator of offense for this team but if that can happen occasionally as pat is building his offensive confidence that's great but also tonight what happened was pat started strong, aggressive, in my opinion. He had eight first-half points, finished with 11. Mm. Kind of disappeared offensively in the second half, mm-hmm. which he did against Atlanta, yeah. which he did more or less against you know Dallas, but that was just because the Bulls were you know running away with it. I, I, I wanted a complete game for Pat. And, Mark, you, know, you mentioned, hey, he played 40 minutes, and that's a heck of a lot longer than Billy usually gives him because he was playing with purpose tonight, and that's great, but it's like – it, was, it frustrated me because tonight was so close to being a great Pat game. Mm-hmm. If he kept that offensive pressure and aggression on in the second half, mm-hmm. I told you I thought he passed up a couple of open threes that he could have taken and should have taken and instead was unselfish and made the extra pass, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. I really wanted this to be a great Pat game. In my opinion, it was just a pretty good Pat game. Yeah, look, I thought it was a very good Pat game, to be honest with you. And I, I don't know, maybe people in the comments are not listening to what we're saying because they're not, they're, they're suggesting that we're, we're, we're saying Pat was the problem or that we're not prepared to say he was solid or all these sorts of things. But like, he was very good tonight. I'm just saying like, based on what he was doing, I, th- I just wanted more because I liked what I was seeing. So I'm not saying he was a problem or anything of that nature, but I, I just want more because it's. I, I want to see Pat do more stuff. And if Pat does more stuff, then ultimately it can potentially unlock some things for the Bulls offense and more generally as well. But he was really good tonight. Like this wasn't like the other night against the Hawks where he sort of went missing and faded and didn't really do much or didn't deserve to be in the game. This was the complete opposite. Like he had to be closing this game because the way he was defending on Julius Randle was really impactful. Uh, I, I, I didn't, personally, I didn't mind the Bulls switching the way they did because it was generally a, a Caruso pat sort of switch and and we know caruso can defend defend up and sort of guard really well and i thought he did a, a decent job on on randall when he was switching in those situations so i actually didn't mind that that the bulls had their best yeah. two defenders in that situation and for whatever reason the knicks weren't hunting DeRozan or levine in those switches so the fact that they were switching and it was caruso and uh and pat on those switches i felt quite comfortable with it in that in that sense but yeah this was a good pat game i'm, I'm not trying to to you know, degrade him or anything like that or saying he wasn't effective. He was. I, I just felt like he could do a little bit more and and um, I would have loved to have seen it because he, he played well enough to do it. 
Yeah, and and agree. I, I literally started this by saying, hey, I want to talk about something positive about Pat Williams. So that's what we were doing, guys. Like, just, you know, positive things about what Pat did and his game tonight. But what they said about him offensively <clears throat> is, is, is factual. And I tell you what got me excited, Matt, when did I get excited? It was in that overtime when he missed that lob, and I saw him curse. Mm-hmm. And I got yeah. so freaking happy. Cameron like, yes. was on him when they were going back oh, to the huddle God, yes. at the end of regulation. Yes, dude. And you saw Pat just dropping uh, F-bomb. Yeah, I was like, yes. yes. Let it flow through you. Let the hate flow through Like I told you, you Matt, there, I need him to tap into the crazy. There mm-hmm. is some crazy there. It's not normal to not have any expression on your face for four quarters of basketball. That's crazy. <laughs> like, there's something there that ain't right. I need him to tap into that part of him and to be comfortable in that. I need him to tap into that crazy. So I liked him showing that emotion. Now, that excited me because I thought he was a robot. You know what yeah. I mean? So him showing, like, damn. You know what I mean? I had the opportunity to do it. Yes, dude. Look at that. I want more of that, dude. Now I want you to throw a chair. Do that. And then I'll be super excited. Um and, you know, I've seen some people in the comments saying, well, you know, the Bulls go away from Pat offensively down the stretch because that's when DeMar and or Zach are the ones taking over, um, which is true. Um, and I'm saying I would like it if Pat got more looks late in games, even if they're close games, because how do you develop these young players that have potential yeah. to become multifaceted like three la- three layer threat offensive uh you know weapons for your team is give them those opportunities and some some people in the comments I've seen are saying well that's that's on Billy yeah like just Pat not getting as many opportunities in the second half of the game compared to the first game is that on Pat is uh, on his teammates not giving him in the ball or is it on Billy not telling his teammates to let Pat m- remain part of the offense down the stretch of these close games Mark what do you think about that I mean, look, like, like, like we spoke about before, the, the, the final possession of this game, or at least in regulation, was Billy drawing up a, a lob for Pat. One of the very first possessions coming out of the half was a, a, an option where Pat got that corner look from three. He turned that down. It was a record scratch. He, he went into a dribble drive sort of situation, found Vooch for the open three. But like ultimately, Pat turned down that three. So yes, you can maybe question things from a coaching standpoint if you want. But to suggest that this team is not looking for Pat or not running plays for Pat or, you know, it's, it's just absolving Pat completely, it's just complete nonsense. Like, and, and this is where people, you know, like to think of me as a Pat hater. There was like at least three times tonight where Pat turned down an open three. Was that necessarily a play call for Pat to shoot that three? Maybe not directly, but it's an option within the offense. Do you, are, are you suggesting to me that Levine or DeRozan or Vooch or whoever doesn't want Pat shooting that three? No, of course not. Like, or Billy for that matter. Like, why would they not want him shooting that three? Billy's been talking about how he hopes his offense can generate more, you know, catch and shoot type threes. Like, these are examples where you can't be turning down these shots. And that's what I'm speaking about. Like, if Pat had, you know, nine attempts tonight, for example, and had six or seven threes, um, three point attempts, I would have been. I probably would have been saying this was probably a nine out of 10 game. Even if Pat missed those threes, the fact that he was taking them, like that would have been super encouraging for me from that point of view. So I, I just really, it really annoys me when we just put it all on someone or we try to blame it all on someone, whether it's blaming it on Vooch or DeMar for not passing the ball to Pat or blaming it on the way, you know, Billy's coaching this team. Like if you want to blame it on anyone, it's a, it's a shared blame. But ultimately, like if when Pat's turning down shots, the lead on effect of that will be, 
at times that you know Levine and and, and Demar may not may not trust the kicking the ball on in these sorts of end of game situations. So. Uh, you know, blaming it all on one person is kind of ridiculous to me. It's a shared it's a shared thing, and Pat needs to own his percentage of that. I agree with that. Yeah, like because the offense, you definitely needed that tonight. You needed his scoring. You needed his aggression, and especially when they were looking for you mentioned that two man game, Matt, and just how awesome that was. That that leads to how engaged he was. We've had this discussion before uh, about Pat, how he's somebody who. Why we why we felt like he had to be bringing the ball up sometimes, uh, because he has to be engaged in in the offense. He's not the guy who's going to be a self starter. Like he likes to touch the basketball and feel like he's involved and get everybody into the game. And that's when he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm engaged. Let's go. Let's do stuff." Mm-hmm. I like that Billy's recognizing that. You know what I'm saying? And going to him early now, along with going to Vooch. Now they're going get, getting into it, uh, giving him ball in the post. Now they're finding him on the three point line. Getting into him mid-range. You saw plays tonight where he got the ball and they cleared out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when the hell you seen that? Like, that's called an adjustment, bro. Like, they got the ball and they cleared out for him. Like, here go your side of the floor. What you want to do? Like, that's awesome stuff. And so it's uh, about him believing it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he has to start believing that stuff because they're putting it in his hands and taking all of that yeah, but you're not doing it for Patrick away from th- this uh, argument because they're saying, well, no, we're giving it to him. Mm-hmm. You have to start putting some of that stuff on him and you have to start looking at him because you put that person in that position that you say they should be in, well, then you have to perform at some point in time. Yeah, and look, a, a growing trend more recently is, is one of the first possessions the Bulls run every game is to get Pat in the post. Like we've seen that more frequently tonight. He had an opportunity early against, I think it was RJ Barrett who was guarding him in the post. He, he missed the jumper, but he ultimately got the ball in the jumper. They've been using him more as a role man with Vooch clearing out and, and having Pat set the, uh, be the screener. We like uh, we can point to that play tonight where Pat got uh, called for that offensive foul against Julius Randle or, or maybe even a travel call, whatever it was. Ultimately, it was a turnover by Pat, but like that was a, uh, an example where they got the ball in the post for Pat one-on-one deep in the basket. So like they are trying to do different things with him, but ultimately when he's playing on a team that features Vooch, DeMar and, and Zach, like his main source of offense needs to be his three-point shot. And it should be because his three-point percentage has been really good this season. Like why would you not want Pat shooting more threes and going to the basket or doing other things or trying to have him doing things off the bounce? Like that's just not realistic. So I want him to really focus in on that three-point uh, game because, like, the team more generally has a three-point attempt problem. Pat seemingly is one of the best shooters on this team based on the percentages that we're seeing. Instead of two of three, mate, can can you get that up to three of six or three or seven or something like that? Like that 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 needs to be the next step for him. But even like even from his offensive standpoint tonight, like they're putting the ball in his hands for him to create for others. Five assists, like. That doesn't just randomly happen. He doesn't get five assists if they're ignoring him in offense or not having him involved in offense. Like that, he was setting up guys tonight. So I, I don't know what people are watching. I don't know what they're expecting of him. But like I said, this was a good, a very good Pat game. I just, I'm just saying, I wanted a little bit more. That's all. It's nothing, nothing more emotive than that, guys. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I saw that our guy Kyle Williams, shout out to him, was in the comments saying, uh, every time Zach takes a non-catch and shoot three three, mm-hmm. he should get benched. <laughs> I don't know if you feel it that strongly, Dave, but I know 
Uh, it's been driving you crazy recently. Yes. But it's okay because according to whoever put out those player rankings today, was it the Ringer, Bleacher Report, one of them? I think it was the Ringer. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. The, the uh, trade Zach, value. Zach Levine is a pull-up threat but not a catch-and-shoot threat, according to those folks. So, oh, you know, they, they clearly are, are watching <laughs> real closely. Oh, um, but you're right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Zach was two of three on catch-and-shoot threes tonight. Mm-hmm. And oh of five on not catch and shoot threes. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Um, more of our thoughts from tonight's game and a look ahead at how the Bulls can uh, correct this mistake and beat the Knicks on the second try uh, on Friday coming up right after the break. Big Dave. Mm-hmm. Joey. They never <laughs> understood. There they don't is. get it, Joey. There he is. They don't get it. There he is. Why? Never. Why? With my mama. Why? <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> I guess there's a need to back you out of me. Oh, Shady Rays don't get it. Why are these damn sunglasses so expensive? Why? Why can't you just have some nice shades and save you some money? Walk around looking cool with some money in your pocket? Shady Rays wanted to know why, so they set out to change them things. They said you ain't got to break the bank for them quality sunglasses. We got you covered. Shady Rays. Premium polarized shades. Featuring that world-class optical clarity, sustainable durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. A tay. Tay. <laughs> the best part about Shady Rays is they have the most insane ah, protection program in all of eyewear. The Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements Plan. See that hat right there? Imagine if it was some of those rays on that hat. Oh, and, no. Oh, no. My anger has caused me to break my glasses on day one. <laughs> well, Shady Ray says, never fear. We won't send you a hat, but we send you some brand new pair of them Shady Rays, man. No questions asked. 200,000 five-star reviews. I'm not a math guy, but that sounds like a lot. That's a good thing. So, exclusively for all our listeners out there, everybody, including my guy from who's a Knicks fan, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season, so use that code CHGO for 50% off of two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That is a buy one, a get one free. What they call that, Matt Peck? Bogo. Bogo! For the low low, a 50 fofo. A show show. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades because the Shady Rays, where the rays are, oh, so damn shady. Today's episode of Post Game also brought to you by Foco. Chicago, we've got you covered. The best sports coverage of your favorite teams. That's CHGO. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the Madhouse, from the north side to the south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the Leader in Sports March mm-hmm. and collectibles. Foco, looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. Mm-hmm. Of course you are. It's that time of year. Mm. Everybody's like, oh, I need a gift idea. I need a gift idea. Mm. Foco. Foco. Done. Done. Simple. Finished. <laughs> Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. It's cold. It's going to get cold soon. We're getting there. So check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use that promo code CHGO and you will get 10% off your order. Mm. Order a bunch of stuff. Get all your shopping done at Foco.com. Get 10% off while you're doing it. That's what you get. F-O-C-O.com with that promo code CHGO. C-H-G-O. 
Like I hit that, I felt good about that. That, one. Was, Mark that was really nice. Simon liked it. Simon, I heard Simon, Simon like that. Yeah, you like that, Simon? Simon like that. You felt that. That's I wanted to read one more comment from okay. our guy, Kyle. Um, maybe to stir the pot a little bit. but Oh, Joey Stern? Stirring the pot. Kyle says, front office screwed us extending gum chewer. Who is gum chewer? <laughs> I believe that's Billy Donovan. That would be Billy. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Well, it just so happens we have somebody with us that might want to retort on something of that nature. Oh, Marquet. <laughs> Mate, uh, just more generally, our, our guy Kyle in the comments here is just firing, firing them off. But, um, I mean, this isn't a Billy issue. Like, seriously. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but what, what, what do people want? Like, generally, everything it's... It, it's, there's a different complaint every game. Like sometimes it's not playing part. He played part tonight. Now there's something else that people are complaining about. I don't know. Like ultimately it needs to come back to the players at some point for me. Like that, that that's probably primary issue or maybe the secondary issue. But ultimately my primary issue is the, the, the roster construction of this team. I, I don't know why we always have to just go with this typical stereotypical nonsense about it's always the coach's fault. They're always the one to blame. Like, what do you really want Billy to do from this point of view? Yes, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he, he couldn't do things to maybe make some changes here or there. Or, But ultimately, is this really changing the fortunes of this team, of this roster? Like, think about all the things that we continuously bang on about. Like, three-point shooting is the, the main topic or the main thing fans always bang on about. Like, is that Billy's fault? No. Like, from the, from the, from most of the things that we talk about... It comes back to the front office. And if you want to extend that, it comes back to ownership who maybe are holding or tying the hands of the front office. So I don't know why we always make it about the coach, maybe because they're the easy scapegoat, but it starts at the top of the stairs where, you know, where ownership sits who never want to pay the tax, never want to use all their exceptions. It starts with uh, management with their, their you know, their, the way they've built this particular roster, the fact that they came back with continuities banged on about continuity a thing a concept that can't actually happen given that lonzo freaking ball hasn't played one game and seemingly won't be playing basketball for a long time the the players themselves clearly are not executing to base level things whether it's on defense they continuously miss rotations on offense they get things wrong there too why is it always come back to billy it annoys me because he is not of the list of all the problems he's not nowhere near the top so it just irritates me uh, and I, I don't, I just, uh, some comment that Joey put up on the screen, um, about like defend, I don't think anybody's defending the, the extension. On I think, the, yeah, the people are some, some Bulls fans, I think are confused that he was extended with so early on before having accomplished anything major, even though I think last season was, well, a, was a big so season, a couple years but I think, left. I think so that's the lens that they're looking for. Th- he was extended after two of four. Right. Which seems unnecessary, maybe. Um, and accomplishing what? Well, in his second year, he took the team back to the playoffs. <laughs> the first right. Time and I don't think in, in what Rex is saying, the extension was completely unnecessary that early on. That's a different argument than saying this is all Billy's fault. Yeah. yeah. That, you that's can, a you different can say, argument than blaming right. every loss on Billy. You could right. say maybe they should have waited to extend him. But, yeah. but yeah. saying Because I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see the point in giving Billy an extension this past summer. Yeah. And then more confusingly, but so on brand for the Bulls, not telling us about it Here until it, it got leaked four months later. <laughs> there it is. Bulls. And listen, and y'all know, 
I mean, oh, yes. Y'all know I love AK and Mark Eversley. I, I ride with them for sure. But you have my to love call is it waning. what it is. I'm going to say that my love is waning. That's what I am so sick of watching this poorly assembled roster. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm done. That's what I'm saying. You have to call it what it is. This is what you have to call it what it is. They did not address the elephant in the room in the offseason, which was the three-point shooting. Can elephants shoot threes? Elephants can shoot threes. They can actually. shoot they can. threes. They can shoot threes. Sign some elephants. Are yeah, they, are they go, endangered? Go to the circus. Just go to the circus one time. You'll okay, see them, man. Cool. They balling out there. <laughs> did, they, uh, did they actually teach an elephant how to shoot a basketball with its trunk? Yeah, they pick it up with the trunk and, they, and they can throw it. out of here. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. I've seen it. It's all Blows fun. my mind. <laughs> a hat throw for elephant. All right. Yeah. Another hat throw, Joey. He talks one. I know. I know. You just picked up more hats. He just I'm tossed sh- another one. Any reason to right now? I'm in, a, I'm in a shit mood. In case that wasn't obvious. But but yeah, like you have to call it what it is, man. Like I still ride with with AK and uh, Mark Eversley. Um, I still have faith in them that they like. Oh, they see what the hell is going on out here on the floor. But dude, not doing that was a huge problem and a misstep in on their part because you cannot win in this league without three point shooting and to know it seeing it during the free agency period, seeing it during the draft, seeing it during all these things, and then not addressing it, not dealing with it, and saying, well, you know, just, I guess, relying on, you know, Patrick Williams to be a more volume three-point shooter, relying on Vooch, relying on uh, Zach Levine, all these things. You can't really do those things. You saw Zach getting off to a slow start because of knee injury. You can't rely that DeMar DeRozan is going to shoot 35% from three again because I got news for you. He ain't. That ain't going to be the thing. You can't rely on Vooch being your, your, the guy who takes the most attempts on your team because I got news for you. That's not successful and conducive to winning. You know what I'm saying? It's not a thing right there. So you have to address those things. I still have the faith um, that they will address this around that all-star break. I still think that's when it's going to come. But not doing it during the offseason, man, was, was a failure on that part for sure. Yeah, and look, I mean, maybe we don't talk about this every single time because you can, there's only so many times you can say the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like, we, we shouldn't have to repeat ourselves every game or every podcast and talk about the fact that this team has little three-point shooting. But the numbers jump off the screen. Like like I said, there's only so many times you can say this. But people talk about the offense, for example, and, and they complain about the shot pro- profile of the offense. And that ultimately comes back to Billy. Like, why are you taking so many mid-range shots? Why are you having so much ISO basketball? Why aren't you shooting enough threes? And my response to that every single time is, well, look at this freaking roster. Your two main offensive guys are ISO-heavy guys. Naturally, your, your offense more generally is then going to devolve into ISO ball. Why are you 30th in three-point attempt rate? Well, maybe it's because you have a lot of guys who are non-shooters and guys who maybe potentially are shooters, like before, like Pat, like we were talking about, are low-volume shooters. Like all of this thing comes back to who your who your personnel is. That that's ultimately what defines what your team is. Who sets that in place? It's not the coach. The players will play to their strengths, whatever those strengths or weaknesses are. Ultimately, AK and Mark Eversley need more. You know, you know, the narrative should be spinning more towards them, like p- people's anger, their frustrations, whatever it is, rather than blaming Zach Levine for whatever, like for his shot selection. If you know Zach Levine's shot selection is an issue, well, why is Zach Levine playing for your favorite team? Why are you mad at Zach Levine and not the guy who signed him to a contract? Like, I'm not saying that that's my view, but it just, for whatever reason, more of the hate goes towards Zach, the player, and not maybe the person that signed him or the, the person that's building this team. So I don't know whether it's just the, that be, the fact that you know the previous administration was so so bad that the bar is so freaking low for Acme, but maybe that is a case that they've been able to scoot by for maybe a little bit too long from a goodwill standpoint. And 
I, I guess it's just amusing to me because when I see and listen to all the all the complaints that we get, I'm like, well, well, that's not a coaching issue. That that's an ad, that that's a, a roster construction issue. That's a roster construction issue. Uh, but for whatever reason, people just don't make that connection or or whatever the situation is. It it, it, bothers, it bothers me from that point. But maybe at some point the uh, the title turn and and the uh, the heat will start ramping up for for our tourists and Mark Eversley. Yeah, true. And like anytime you see me arguing about Billy, it's not anything that has to do with a roster construction or anything like that. It has has to do with either a rotation or a lineup on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, or it has to do with just the inopportune time. I felt that it shouldn't have happened or something like that. Like, right. It, it has nothing to do with uh, like like Mark K is saying, like because you know because you know what you're dealing with. You know what he, what he has. You think he doesn't want to put good shooters out there on the floor? Of course yeah. he does. Yeah. Of course he wants to put good players out there to do that thing. If he doesn't have the people to do it. He just got to do it. What he, he got to uh, do it with what he has. Yeah, um, I saw uh, juniors in the comments saying, uh, "Is Peck on the blow it up bus now?" Um, no, but again, it depends on what you mean by blow it up. Uh, and I like this comment from Jeff Rox who said, "Sadly, nobody's going to give us a three point shooter for Tony Bradley." But he's uh, a three point. Legend. We're going to have to trade someone <laughs> good to get something back. So I mean, that's my thing. And again, first and foremost. When you mean blow it up, do you mean steer towards the tank? Because I am still not in favor of that. <laughs> you want to take a 50-50 shot at still giving our pick to Orlando oh and just God. watching a crap team Dude, for the remaining 60 games? Because no. Yo, man. No. Can you Once again, that? no. Oh, man. No. Imagine that is idiotic. To steer into the tank right now is idiotic. And yeah. anyone who doesn't believe that, good luck to you. I <laughs> Hope you find some more brain cells. Like imagine that though, like they bad and they're terrible and still don't get the. If pick they actually that they were to get. tanked correctly for the first time in ever, Man. they still would have at best basically a fifty-fifty coin flip to That's keep tough. that pick. That's tough. I'll play the devil's advocate. The only reason I would say, even if you're gonna lose the pick, you're gonna lose it anyways. So if you're gonna say we're not gonna re-sign Vooch, then I think you got to at least look at what's out there and what you can get for him in terms of other assets because you're going to lose that pick either way. So See, but that's the stuff that comes later. He, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so I'm right not – that's that's like, way that's way like, down yeah, the if line. This, if this happened by also and it's still that, looking that's, like this that. This is way okay, closer great. to the trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. This is no move to be made right now. Exactly. And that's not even a full tank, but that's just saying we need to get something back something for some of our tank. assets. Yeah. yeah. But Marquee, that's – I, I agree, you're, but you're going to lose that pick either way. You're right. Well, I think people also need to understand that, like, the realities of the NBA landscape right now. There's so many teams in the middle right now. Like, who of them wants to drop out and ultimately become a buyer or a seller, rather? Like, there's going to be a lot of teams that want to be buyers because they feel like they're on the precipice of contending. I'm one player away. Can I trade this player for this player? Can I go and grab a John Collins? Can I go and grab a Kyle Kuzma or a Jay Crowder? Whoever it might be, but like, every team wants to be the buyer in that situation where there's going to be so few sellers. So in that sense, like it's very easy to say, all right, let's just go trade all our guys and, and hit the rebuild. But I don't know, is there a market for that more generally? But I, 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 teams are not trading like in early December because a lot of their guys, they can't necessarily trade. Tomorrow is really the first chance that we get it at this when it's hit, when we roll over to December 15. Guys like uh, Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, Derek Jones Jr., like these free agents, they become available to them to be included in trades. That's one of the reasons why the teams haven't made trades to now. Zach Levine can't be traded until January 15. So... It's it's one thing that you, it's a, it's very easy to start yelling about blowing it up, blowing it up, blowing it up. But 
There are time re timing reasons as to why that can't happen just yet, not to mention the permutations of the NBA landscape more generally. So I don't know. It, I, I understand why people don't factor those things in when, <laughs> when yelling about it, but there's very real reasons why some moves haven't necessarily been made just yet. But it's, it's, not, it's not like it's uncommon for a team to not hit the, the blow up button in early December or even November when people were yelling about it. So that's completely unrealistic. But as we conclude this easier schedule run, like at the end of December, if this team for whatever reason hasn't taken advantage of this situation that that's at hand, where they've had this light, this light schedule, if they can't get back to 500, if they can't get back to taking advantage of this and getting back to the fifth or sixth spot, and you're, you know, you're 35, 40 games into this thing, then even me, someone who has previously said blowing it up was the wrong move, and I still think it was the wrong move at the time that everyone was positing it, things can change. Variables can change. My opinion on that can change if this team doesn't take, uh, you know, doesn't take advantage of things. So let's see how it all plays out. But time is on their, their side from that point of view because, like I said, you can't move Zach until Jan 15. They're not blowing everything up before Jan 15. It's just not happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a very interesting window of time. January 15th through, I believe, February 9th okay. is the trade deadline okay. uh, yep. in uh, 2023. Uh, so, uh, Junior saying, let's say at the All-Star break, this team's 10 games under 500. What do you do, Peck? I assume you mean at the deadline, not the All-Star break. The All-Star break comes after the trade deadline. If you're 10 games under 500 at the All-Star break and didn't trade anybody, well, enjoy what you have for the rest of the season because that's what you got. Um, but, yeah. I, I seriously contemplate making some major moves with this roster if you're 10 games under 500 as you're approaching that deadline. And that's all I meant. Like, even though you're losing your pick, right. at that point, it might still make sense to say, even if we're losing our pick, we want to get something back if we're right. looking like Vooch is going to walk or we're not interested in signing him. Like, right. So even if you're going to lose that first-round pick, you want to get at least something back for your assets. Which, again... That's way down the line. If you can find trades, and it, it certainly won't be easy... And we will see AK and Eversley do their best, hopefully, to do so. Because they've shown if if one thing, they are aggressive they when they aggressive have an idea and want yeah. to execute it. Very true. That's how Lonzo happened. That's mm -hmm. how DeMar happened. That's mm -hmm. how Caruso happened. That's how the Vooch trade happened. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, their predecessors mostly just sat on their asses doing nothing and collecting paychecks. Which one's better? We Are we really that upset with AK and Eversley at this point? Oh, I'm not. Cool. It's just checking. It's only one main thing. I mean, you know. I just... Like somebody else said, so you would rather, you know, finish 36 and 46 and still mm -hmm. miss the playoffs and give the pick to Orlando than try to tank right now. My answer, yeah, if you can make some moves before this season's trade deadline that better set you up yeah. for next season and also still maybe give you a chance to sneak into the play-in and make something happen this season. Yeah. Yes, I think that is a better path for the organization than trying to get lucky on a coin flip for Wembenyama <laughs> yeah. and watching some 50-some games of crap. <laughs> a lot of crap, man. Just need It's the shooting, guys. And, I mean, you know you know where the shooter is at, Matt. There's a guy at home. I'm just saying. Oh, if you need Lord. a shooter, I'm just saying. There's I'm, a guy there. We, Mark K. Mark K. Oh, there's you, a guy, Mark look K. At it. We're already over an hour, Dave. We don't have time to talk about Matt Thomas. To get to the no, we don't. I'm just telling y'all. I'm just saying. You know, he's there. He's there. He's chilling. You know what I mean? He's right there. In the world. In the world, Joey. In the world. Oh, my God. In the entire world. All right. Somebody asked me how that's true so I can send the facts to you. We, <laughs> let, me, we can, let me send you some literature. <laughs> I'm going to send you some literature. 
We can pick this up tomorrow because we do not have time to get this just now. like this shit. Um, <laughs> hit the like button. Hit the like button. The Bulls uh, are off tomorrow. Yes, we are not. We will be here in studio for a show at 530 yes. Central Time. Mark, you will be joining us, yes? Yes, I will be. I will be. Cool. Whoop, whoop. In the meantime, follow Mark on Twitter at MK Hoops. If you want to yell at him about why you think Billy Donovan <laughs> is a terrible coach who should have been fired yesterday, <laughs> Mark is going to love that. Uh, follow our producer and our pal Joey at Joey Spathis on Twitter. Dave is at Bow BWL Sports. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. Um, we are CHO underscore Bulls. Don't forget, there are still some tickets available for mm-hmm. our CHO Bulls takeover for mm-hmm. the rematch of tonight's game. Don't scary about great Bulls Knicks part two on Friday. <laughs> Jeff says, "Flash the twenty-one in the sky like it's the ba- <laughs> like it's the bat symbol." Send the symbol out. Send it out, man. Come on, baby. We need you. Let's come on home. <laughs> that's got to be gra- that's no- got to be a graphic for tomorrow. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no way in hell that Matt Thomas has an even passable Batman voice. There's Uh-oh. no come way. Come on. Now There's we got to no- get on his voice. There's no Matt way. Matt Thomas is I'm on the guessing. roof of the United Center right He's now. The greatest show in the world probably has a great voice. I'm just telling you. I think the only people allowed on the roof of the United Center are the Lovables and Benny the Bull. Ooh, no, I didn't mean like on the scaffolding. I meant on the legit. He's standing on the top, like outside. Yeah. Looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about yeah, on yeah. the roof of the United Center. I didn't. Even know that Benny. Only people I've ever seen up there are Lovables and Benny the Bull. He's right. Good that's for true. them. Not Matt Thomas. Well, you're not going to see him. He's too well, busy shooting through. Matt, yeah, Matt Thomas wasn't invited up there, but good luck keeping <laughs> too him. Too busy swishing. You think All right, they, y'all. Good luck keeping him out. <laughs> Hit that <laughs> thumbs up button. Uh, Mark, we will talk to you tomorrow, more likes, buddy. More likes. Uh, I'm more, done, Mark. Hey, I'm done. More likes. <laughs> see Red, be good. Hey. Let's get out of here. Peace out, Bulls Nation. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Oh, my God.